from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 topics of the week that made us go wow. wow. I'm co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell. How's you too? And uh, editor of The Wow Report, James St. James. That's me! It is the spooky, ooky Halloween edition of the Top Ten. Um, actually, I don't think we're even remotely themed this week, but nevertheless, <laughs> let's get into the countdown. Number ten, Tom. Number ten. Big, scary news, trying to make a theme, <laughs> out of the United Kingdom. And it doesn't have to do with Harry and Meghan's, you know, continual feud with William, or that Kate's going to America and becoming a star, or that Camilla and uh, what's-his-face Charles are going on a tour in the Middle East. No. What's-his-face Charles? I couldn't remember his name, because, you know, it's just me. <laughs> um, they're taking away the Queen's cocktail. Elizabeth, 95 years old, about to like celebrate her 70th jubilee or whatever that is, is being told, is being recommended by the palace to give up her daily cocktail. What? I I knew this would upset James. I wanted to talk about it on air. You're 95 years old. You get to have a cocktail if you want, for Christ's sakes. You've earned it. What if she wants to shoot heroin, she should be allowed to shoot heroin. (laughs) Well, she is allowed. That carries on as usual. She's shooting up every day. That hasn't changed. (laughs) But but what is her tipple of choice? She likes uh, Dubonnet and gin. She might have a, you know, they say one cocktail a day and then it's like a little wine with lunch, uh, uh-huh. a Dubonnet and gin at the, and then a, and a martini later. So it, I think it's three or four cocktails. But again, don't forget, the, don't forget the nightcap, the nightcap. Yes, the night exactly. Champagne to go to bed, champagne. <laughs> Which sounds so glamorous. I don't drink, as you know, anymore. But it did have champagne before you go to bed that is brought to you and taken away. Sounds very glamorous. Well, you know, her mother was a, her mother drank a lot of gin, if I recall. That was always in her handbag. That's right, a bottle of gin. She was always <laughs> yes. <tough. The> queen <laughs> mom was just always sloshing around. <laughs> I have to I say, know, gin I... was gin was my alcohol of choice way back when. I gin allowed... makes you sin, darling. Gin makes you sin. That's a that's a terrible choice. They they call it mother's ruin. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> and I love a, a a shaken martini that is basically just a bowl of gin that they call it a drink. Like you know, you just have this huge like, oh, I'm having a martini. But, um, um, I, I don't know. Long live the queen. Well, why would they do that? What, what was she? Was she maybe? Was it affecting her more in her old age? Was she starting to get sloppy? I don't know. Why would they I say? Why would they, they say you know they're so protective of her? She started to wear use a cane. They said not for health reasons, but for her own comfort. <laughs> but I mean, she is amazing. She can do whatever she wants. But uh, I, I like to think now that the queen has to sneak her gin. I like the idea of her escaping ah. her bedroom, sneaking by the guards, and just you know, raining the it's liquor. Like she, she goes right. down into the basement and 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 lights up lights up a doobie with her friends, and don't tell, <laughs> don't let they, don't let Charles and Camilla know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, it's maybe not the biggest news of the week. That's why it's number 10. But I thought it was just, it's funny to think of our dear, our queen, who I must say, you know, the royals, they come, they go, the, the gossip breaks. But Queen Elizabeth has always sort of had our love and respect. The prospect of life without her is just, uh, you know, unimaginable because they come and go, but she has come and stayed and stayed and stayed. And I, there was a rumor today on Twitter that she had passed away because she had gone to the hospital last week and and it started, it went like wildfire and then come to find out it wasn't true. But I do have a feeling that we don't have her for very much longer. We need to treasure her while we can. Right. All right. So tonight have a drink. For Queen Elizabeth. Bottoms up. All right. Number nine, James. Number nine. Number nine. I saw The Last Duel. Ridley Scott's 14th century medieval take on a historical uh, duel that took place in Normandy, France. And uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. It's really good. It was the last time that the government mandated a duel be fought as a result of a judicial ruling. So it was like they said that the the ruling was you must fight to the death by duel. And it was the last time that ever happened. Henceforth, whatever happened, duels were honor bound. And it was like, you have insulted me, sir. I, I, um, you know, challenge you to a duel. But this was the last time that the government during a trial said you have to make do a duel and it's uh stars um matt damon ben affleck uh jody comer from killing eve and adam driver and it's told in a rashomon style where uh because we still to this day we don't really know what happened in this case and so we are told we're we're told the same story three different times from three different points of view from Matt Damon's, from Adam Driver's, and from Jodie Comer's point of view. And the she is married to Matt Damon, and Adam Driver is an interloper, and he rapes her. He may may or may not rapes her. We don't know. According to Matt and Jodie, he did. Adam says he didn't. But it's sort of you're sort of left feeling that Jodie's version is the true version, and that he she was raped. And yeah, did you like it? I loved it. Because it did and not you, perform well at the box office and people were kind of savaging it as a result. Like maybe they're- you No, know, I'll tell you, that, and this is the thing about that that pisses me off, is that the, the what I'm seeing people on Twitter and Facebook and everything are saying, I don't want to see a movie about rape. I don't want to see a woman get- Like that. Well, you know, the history of the world is war, violence, raping pillaging famine plague i mean if you you can ignore that at your own peril these stories are out this is a historical story that happened and it's and it had ramifications going down to this day you know so if if you if you say i i go to the movies to see butterflies and rainbows i don't need any of that whatever grow up you know it's it's like i go to the movies to be challenged i go to to see rape and carnage and horror and no i go to be challenged i go to i go to to see great filmmakers at the top of their game ridley scott has never made a bad movie when you did think you go it, to the theater to see this? I did. I did. I went to the theater 
and it, um, you need to see it because the when when you get to when we finally have the, tell the three stories, and then you get to the duel, the actual duel. The duel is absolutely spectacularly shot. It's just, I mean, it's fantastic. Well, right, because you think a duel is it takes so many paces away from each other, turn and shoot. I mean, it's over no, very actually, no, actually, this is medieval, so there were no guns. This is jousting. This oh, is on a jousting. horse jousting, and then once they knock the horse down, then they get the swords and they battle with the swords mm. to the end. I would say, story-wise, you convinced me I'm going to see it, but they are saying that older audience members, this is more of a mature film, right, for mature yes. audiences, yes. Are, are still reluctant to go back to the theater, and that's why it may have bombed at the box office. Uh, that could be. It could be. I, I think that the, the, the way to do it now is to open it in theaters and at home. I, mm-hmm. I don't think you can just have exclusively theater anymore. For the I think, no, season. I think you're right. I mean, I think... I think movies of as we have known them are kind of over. That yeah. doesn't mean the theatrical piece will go away. I think it will. It's a shame on. though because so, uh, something like this, you know, Ridley Scott is, you know, like when you think of Gladiator, you think like that that, that you really need to see something Dude. like that. I mean, on, I'm not doing Blade Runner. You need Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yes, you need theater. to see it on a big screen. Yeah. And he, when when Ridley Scott tackles the Middle Ages, it is. All I right. mean, the doublets and wimples and just you everything. watch it on IMAX. I'll watch it on my Apple Watch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm also excited for House of Good. Gucci, which is coming, which is oh come on, that is Showgirls Part Two. That is going to be the biggest bomb of the year. Have you heard her accent? She sounds like the nanny. She sounds like. Have you seen who she's playing on YouTube? The real version. They're identical. She's whatever. Our Lady of Gaga has got it in the bag. Oh, you! I save it. Let's save it for another time. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. The last duel. You're watching The Last Duel right now between me and James. Uh, The Last Duel is in theaters now. Number eight. Number eight. I'm keeping with the Halloween theme. Ice cream, you scream. Hey, I never talk about food on the show. And I'm not really a foodie. I like to eat the same thing over and over and over and over. You do like your stinky cheese, though. I love my stinky cheese. I love my Marmite and toast. You know, I'm a creature of habit. I've been eating yogurt and berries since I was 12 years old. Anyway, that is not the point of this. I am talking about this vegan ice cream that thanks to Billy and Nolan, I have discovered. And oh my God, my problem with vegan food is it's often trying to imitate something else and sort of fails. You know, the moment you hear vegan ice cream, you're thinking of delicious ice cream. And then you put it in your mouth and you're like, what is happening? Oh, this is better than better than ice cream itself. And it's called Awan, A-W-A-N, which is the Indonesian word for cloud. (laughs) Um, Yes, Awan. And it's made by Zen Ong. And he he is a, a chef who's been doing Indonesian uh, Angelino, Los Angeles meets Indonesian food. And he's been doing a series of pop-up restaurants that have been really caught on and they're really popular. I've never been, but Billy and Nolan started going. And then, of course, the pandemic put an end to his dream of opening an actual bricks and mortars Indonesian restaurant. But instead, what happened is he met this guy, Tom Ifagan, who runs 
Dayglow Coffee. Now, you may not have heard of Dayglow Coffee. It's a coffee shop in West Hollywood. It's tiny. It's the size of a matchbox. And he has one in West Hollywood and one in Chicago. And they got together and they've started producing this unbelievable ice cream. It is, it's vegan. It's made out of coconut cream and coconut water. You wouldn't know it. And the flavors are just so intense. Have you ever heard of lime finger? It's like a lime. It's like a lime, but it's shaped like a finger. And it's got little granules in. So when you put it into the ice cream and you eat it, you get these little pops of citrus. It's like pop rocks in your mouth. <laughs> passion fruit. You know, passion fruit is that slimy thing with all those pits in it. But and what does use... passion fruit really taste like? It doesn't taste very nice. But if you have it in passion fruit ice cream, the flavor just explodes and you're crunching these crunching these passion fruit seeds in your mouth. The whole thing is just, it's a mouthgasm. I'm telling you, you have to go right now to, um, it's 866 Huntley Drive, which is just off Santa Monica Boulevard. And it's tiny. It's a tiny little window. It's where the uh, yogurt eater place used to be. Maybe right? it is. Maybe little, it is. Yes, I know where it is. Um, I hate to tell you, but you know how I've been losing all this weight, eating really yeah. healthy? Yeah. Last week, I had pizza and almond milk Jerry Garcia every night. So there is other uh, vegan alternatives out there. But this is amazing. And on Halloween, they're releasing salted black vanilla. And oh, my God, just the look of it. It just looks amazing. So why it got to be salted. Right. <laughs> There you go. That's the A1 window in West Hollywood. Do you think you'll go, James? Probably not. Oh, my God. James, I'll take you. We'll meet there. We'll wear masks. I'll buy yes, you and Yes, if we all meet up for lunch one day, maybe I'll go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'll treat you. Okay. That'd be lovely. Okay. Now he'll show up. Yeah, right? <laughs> Let's take a break. Um... Hey, meet the queens of Drag Race Italia on the WOW Report and Canada's Drag Race, available now on WOW Presents Plus, worldwide, excluding Canada. All right. Blake, do you have a question? I do, I do. What was used before pumpkins to make jack-o'-lanterns? What was used before pumpkins to make jack-o'-lanterns? We'll have the answer right after the break here on The Wow Report. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bay, joined by James St. James, uh, the legendary editor of The Wow Report, and our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell. And Blake is with us, too, with a question that you had before the break. What was used to make jack-o'-lanterns before pumpkins they used to uh, scoop out the heads of dead people oh. <laughs> i'm just gonna say like a squash or a, a some sort of other gourd <laughs> some sort of other gourd <laughs> gil gordon <laughs> well the answer is <laughs> are, do you have a guess Benton, go ahead, guess. I, no, I'm just too amused by some sort of other gourd. <laughs> well, I don't understand. Why is that I don't funny? know. It just tickles me. It me <laughs> um, the Irish who started the tradition. Potatoes. First, first used potatoes and turnips for jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, oh, 
Does a turnip count as some other gourd? Maybe. Few people. I swear. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. Yeah, my next topic is just gonna be a list of different types of gourd. <laughs> the next wow report. Fruit vegetable. Please do. I love the word gourd. I just getting, like making my sphincter tingle. I'm <laughs> counting down the top ten things that made us go wow. We've reached number seven, Tom. Number seven. I'm actually going to hand this over to the one and only Blake. Hi. Um, so I just wanted to talk about a few of the things I'm streaming. You guys have heard of Storage Wars, right, on A&E? Yeah. Sure. A staple of A&E for years and years and years and years. Right, right. And they've spun that off to a few different things on A&E that have maybe spun off to other networks. But it's three shows that are kind of like this. Now, the first is Shipping Wars. Have you guys ever, this was on from like 2012 through like 2016 and it went away for a while. I don't know why, because it was one of my favorite shows, but it's where people, there's this website called UBID and the truckers go on there and like people need, you know, like a heavy statue transported from New York to Oklahoma. And so they'll go on there and, you know, bid against each other and whoever gets the lowest bid wins the bid and then it shows them you know going and picking up the shipment and delivering it well that's interesting because there's a pair of chairs in an antique store in in um uh um where is it? St. Petersburg, Florida where my dad lives that I've wanted but I didn't know how to get them back home well now you know you can go to ubed.com and any well, shipping wars is coming back in November, so I just wanted to talk about that one. But this time they're transporting illicit drugs. Oh, I wish. Um, the second one I'm watching: sex I trafficking, watch- human beings. No. <laughs> oh, that's a good show idea. No, 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 no. The second show I'm watching is called Extreme Unboxing, and this is where people bid on large pallets of shipments that were sent back by customers or whatever, or maybe they got lost somewhere and you bid on it. And then they'll just say like electronics are on here, medical equipment and the people buy the, the pallets and then they unbox them and you could get, you know, the pallet could cost 1500 with shipping and everything, but the people can make up to 10,000 selling the stuff that's on the pallets if it works and, and you don't know until you unbox it what it what you have you don't know until you unwrap the shipment oh so it is people love unboxing videos and this is taking that to the extreme right extreme unboxing third third show baggage battles <laughs> it's baggage like, battles yes these people go to different airports and they bid on luggage that's been lost or left behind Now, this just seems wrong because how dare the airports, you know, they lose your luggage and then they sell it off? Like, what? what is that? Like, shouldn't they be moving heaven and hell to to reunite you with your luggage? Well, James, I just bought a pack of four um, AirTags. You can get them right now, $90 at Costco. And, but anyway, for this, it's where people buy the luggage that's been left or... Maybe someone didn't claim their luggage. You went through 
and you uh, checked your bag in and you ran out of the airport and your mom died or something. Well, now this happened to me one time. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to Portland and I went to, you know, that bookstore, the very famous bookstore in Portland that you um, that's like 10 stories or whatever. And I bought the most oh, yeah. magnificent books about um, 1930s socialites. Of uh, of course. And I had about 10 of them and I left them at the airport. And I was furious because I went back to the airport. I went, searched up and down and I could not find it, whatever. And it just seems to me, it's just, it's a tragedy. I hate losing things. And you always hear about drag queens and the they, the Delta loses their, their drag. So they can't perform that night. Any chance, Blake, was there an episode where someone bought a book, a magnificent book about 30 socialites? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they promptly threw it away because they were like, what is crap? <laughs> what are some of the things that have been found in people's baggage and the pallets? Well, a big thing is like uh, people will leave their jewelry at the whatever, and so they have to get rid of it. But you never know if it's like real gold or something. So people bet on these like Ziploc bags full of crap that could be, you know, have one piece of gold in it that's worth the entire. Wow. Now, my friend Lenora, once this is sort of tangential, I'm just talking about baggage claims stories right now. She said that if you ever want to smuggle anything in your suitcase, any drugs, any anything, what you do is you take a big dildo and you grease it up. And you set it in the on top of the luggage. And when they open up the luggage, the baggage claim handlers go, ah, oh, my God, everyone, come look at this. And they look at that, and they never bother to go through anything else in your suitcase. So oh, you don't I, actually hollow out the dildo and stuff things in it. No, 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 no. You, you, can, you can do – you can put whatever you want in your suitcase, but as long as there's a dildo in your suitcase, no one is going to touch anything in the suitcase. Why does it have to be – Free stop. Pardon me. Why does it have to be? Well, just make it dirty. Just like get sort of fecal matter on it. Just um, sort of like you know, make it as disgusting as possible, so that there's you know, so that the, the people don't want to touch it. And and don't James, want to go through your bag. What, this is what socialites in the 30s did when they traveled. <laughs> <laughs> the Duchess uh, of Argyle. Available <laughs> on my favorite app, besides Wild Presents Plus, Discovery Plus. All right. Good to know. That's very good. Yes. All right. Let's move on to number six. Number six. Um, I just wanted to briefly talk about the Alec Baldwin tragedy that happened last week. It's so upsetting Mm. uh, with the gun that went off on the production of Rust. And the details are still coming out. So we don't really, I don't think we have a full idea of what happened. But uh I just don't understand in 2021 that we're still using real guns on set. I think you can 3D print a plastic gun that looks exactly like it. I think you can get a green bar of soap and CGI something in. Like, I mean, I just don't understand why you need to have a real gun. You can have have guns with pops on the end of them, little like, you know, light effects and stuff. But not with bullets that kill people. For well, God's even, but even, sake. even with the, like what happened here, where it wasn't a bullet was in it, but the residue is what was still in it from a from a from a live thing, and that's what happened with Brandon Lee. It's what happened with John Eric Hexum. I don't know if you remember, recall uh, John Eric Hexum was a. So you're saying, guy. James, it, it wasn't a loaded gun? No, it was not a loaded gun, but there was residue 
from the bullet that was in the before, and that comes out at such a force that right. it's enough to kill you. But it and, needs to be a prop gun that that does not project or shoot yeah. anything ever. And you know, you have to think. I don't know with the NRA and 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 tradition and unions and the way it's been done. We have this is an opportunity to totally rethink it. Although it has happened before in the past, and just make that go away. We don't need it. We have CGI. We have so many ways. Exactly, exactly. And I think of like some of the other, you know, the other tragedies that happened. Like I said, with Brandon Lee and John Eric Hexum. I remember, uh, you know, Clark Gable famously ran over a woman and killed her, and the studios uh, with a gun. Uh, what with a gun? No, no, just, just with his car. He was drunk driving. And oh. he he killed her, and the studios covered it up. Um, you know, Matt uh, um, Matthew Broderick. Remember, there was a very famous story where he killed someone in the UK. He was driving, and you just, that's it's just, a totally it's, different thing. You know, you're, you're, it's totally different, but it's just it's just very sad when it can't. You know, it doesn't have to derail your. It doesn't have to derail Alex's career, but it 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 puts an ugly asterisk on your on your career. You know, it's just a tragedy, and just it's just the. And the, you know, the unfortunately, what's happened is that the Trumpers, the MAGA crew, hate Alec Baldwin for portraying Donald Trump for five years on Saturday Night Live, and they have leapt all over this. I saw Donald Trump Jr. was on uh, was on Fox promoting T-shirts about oh. it. It's just, it's so awful. I'd like to think that for the majority of people that that doesn't hold water and that they can tell the difference between. Yeah. I just, um, I, I, I just feel very sad for everybody involved for everyone and everyone all around and their family and the people on the set. And, and even, you know, the other actors that this was a gig that they were, you know, and now the, the, they've lost their jobs probably most likely, you know, the movie's not going to continue to resume or whatever. It, it, it is very sad, and it sort of parallels, ties in with the Yahtzee um, negotiations that have been going on recently about long hours on set and safety on set. Right, exactly. It's kind of all, I mean, to some extent, it's all of a piece. And the, the reality is that this was an independent movie, a low-budget movie, and that on those sets, you are often, you are always racing against the clock. You're always, you know, hard up in terms of budget. You're always scrambling for crew and people who are sufficiently qualified and experienced. And it's, it is. It's guerrilla filmmaking. Mm. And you just leap out and you do it. You you don't think about things. You know, mm. you're you're going at a lightning pace, like you said. Yes. And so the whole culture is, you know, challenge is a challenging environment to function in. You know, even things like, you know, um, a related story is that I think some of the union crew on the set quit because one of the things was the drive at the end of the day, you know, you work a 12, 14 hour day and, you know, the door to door, you need to have a good amount of hours. So you, before you're back on set and if you have to drive an hour to get home, you know, it's, it's yeah. uh, yeah. driving after. And there's that scrappy spirit to get things done. People pitching in, but you have to be really careful not to cross that line. Right. Mm, that's that's yeah. the challenge for everyone. And like I said, we don't really know, but you know, did they go to Mexico so they could cut corners? It's New Mexico. Right? They were shooting in New oh, Mexico, which has become a okay. very vibrant production hub. Yeah. You know, a lot of films being filmed there. Um, it's very tragic, yes. Number five. Number five. This past, past weekend, went to uh, get some sushi, 
and Elliot wanted lemonade and the lemonade came and it was in this bottle. It was it was a brand called Ramune, R-A-M-U-N-E, which apparently is the Japanese word borrows from derived from the English word lemonade. You are so, just on fire this week, Fenton. You well, know, you're, you've done your, your homework. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I haven't even got to the to the to the uh, the big reveal. So, puts the bottle down, and it it doesn't have a. It's not a ring pull. It's not a. It's not a traditional bottle cap. It's got this weird thing, and what you have to, do, and it's also got a, a weird sort of bulge. And what you have to do, you have to take the top off and then push down because there is a marble in the mouth of the bottle that is sealing the bottle. And this is, it's, I've lost all. T- no, I'm, I'm sorry. My phone is, is blowing up and I had to turn it off. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's, it's, it's not a normal bottle cap. It's, it's basically, there is a marble that is the stopper and you push the marble into the soda and then it catches in the neck of the bottle and now you can drink, drink the soda. So they're called marble. It's called marble soda because the sounds bottle, a little bit like a choking hazard. No, it does sound like a choking hazard, but very cleverly, the opening of the bottle is too narrow for the marble to come out. Ta-da. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. And so obviously, you know, get home, get out the Google and look it up. And this kind of bottle was invented in 1872 by Hiram Codd of Camberwell and he designed this for bottling carbonated drinks and it turns out that this Japanese line uh, Ramoon is one of the only people left today who make these kind of bottle stoppers this guy, and soda in these kind of bottles What's the name of the guy who invented it again? Hiram Codd Hiram Codd Hiram Codd is a very Victorian name isn't it? Hiram yeah. Codd in 1872 and this Ramoon soda that we were drinking was invented in 1884 by the British pharmacist Alexander Cameron Sim. Like, the whole thing is like mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. crazy. Yes. And interestingly, the soda, the drink is called Mabu soda or marble soda. And it was very popular in Japan because it was believed to be a preventative for cholera. So... And you do what you do to get rid of the cholera, yeah. Oh, I've got one more twist. Codswallop. Apparently the phrase codswallop comes from Hiram Cod's bottle that he invented because they used it for a time to bottle beer. And you say, oh, that's codswallop. Meaning, what? I've I never heard that expression before. Where, what context? I, I was just saying it yesterday, Tom. I was saying codswallop. How dare you? Is that a you or a Codswallop, non- all of it. Is that a you or a, a you or a non-you word, James Codswallop? I think it's I'm non-you. Use it right? in a sentence. How does it work? Oh, Tom, stop talking Codswallop. Oh, I've never heard so much Codswallop in all my life. It's a bunch of balderdash, is what it is. Codswallop. I'm learning so much. I'm going to take notes next show. I really am. I'm learning so much. I think we should take a quick break. Um, Blake, do you have a question for us? I do. I do. What classic horror movie creature shape was based on the Oscar statuette? Wait, what? Say that again. What classic horror movie creature shape 
was based on the Oscar statuette. Well, yep. We'll be right back after the break with the answer. You're listening to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey, welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James and Tom. And I just want to remind you, May 13th to 15th, 2022, it's not that far away, DragCon returns to LA. And you can get your tickets at RuPaul'sDragCon.com. Now, Blake, you had a question for us. I did. What classic horror movie creature shape was based on the Oscar statuette? The day the earth stood still, uh, I think. The robot, Klaxon or Clarkon or Dinkon. I can't remember. The robot comes out of the spaceship, right? That's okay, it. Is that who you think okay. it's from? No, no, that's not it. What is it? James, you have a guess? Bride of Frankenstein? I don't know. It's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I wonder why they did that. Were they sort of some sort of subtext? They were hoping to get an Oscar? I don't know. I've got a bonus trivia question for you guys. What horror movie was the first American film ever to show a toilet on screen? Uh, uh, Psycho. That's right. I'll be ding dong. Did you know that, Tom? No, I just knew it it took place in the bathroom. That's where I went. Right, right, right. Very interesting. Let's carry on with our. What was the first time? Wait, hold on, Blake. When was the first time on television that we heard the flushing of a toilet? Uh, uh, the nanny flushing. All in the family. Archie All in the family. You would hear Archie Bunker flush the toilet, and it was shocking. People were disgusted. They said there's oh, no place, no place for that on television. Oh, James, that is Codswallop. <laughs> All right, so we are counting down top 10 things this week that made us go wow, and we have reached number four, Tom. Number four. Uh, it's a rest in perfection segment, guys. Peter Scolari, who oh. was a wonderful, handsome, charming human being and actor, so first sad. came onto the scene as Tom Hanks' co-star in Bosom Buddies. Uh, you know, drag on television in 1980, which was kind drag of on television. Two men dressed as women living in a hotel. Yes. So it, cute. Yes. It was a little bit of that. Um, some like it hot kind of drag. Right. And it was the idea that they were struggling in New York and the, and the only way they could afford rent was to share a room in an only female hotel. So they uh, dressed so they, up like women and pretended to be women so they could live at the hotel. Yes. Yes. And a lot of people had to keep their secret. And it was only on for one season, but it was a very, it made a lot of noise at the time. It was kind of yeah. panned at the time. You know, in retrospect, people are saying, you know, it came out when like Three's Company, when like the lightest affair was on. And they said by, by comparison at the time, it was kind of very deep. But, uh, and Peter Scolari also got a lot of heat for that. And um, and two years later, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman did Tootsie. But anyway, but he went on to um, to be on Newhart, the second Bob Newhart show, <laughs> yeah. as the fastidious, uh, uh, you know, uh, partner of Julia Duffy. Who, and they were, you know, and and Bob Newhart, did, uh, who's still alive and still with us, and, you know, did a lovely tribute to Peter. What a wonderful fine man he was, and how he and Julia and their characters and their acting made that second series of Newhart. We know they were a huge part of the engine that made it successful. 
And most recently, he was um, Lena Dunham's, uh, he portrayed Lena Dunham's father on Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he never went away. He was a dear friend of my friend, Jennifer Butt, and, um, you know, did a lot of plays, a lot of theater. He was in the, the TV uh, 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 version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But there was this always, you know, he, he did, he was, for a while, he was sort of compared to Tom Hanks and like, not, you know, that Tom Hanks made it, he didn't. But he was just a fine gentleman. By all accounts, everybody in Hollywood loved yeah. this man. He was just one of the good guys. And just to be retroactive, retroactively creepy, if you see pictures of him and Tom Hanks in their little, like, short shorts and wear, you know, shaving and wearing a wig, yes. they were hottie patatties when they, they were doing were that. Cute. You know, and uh, rest in perfection. And thank you for bringing, you know, not only joy to the screen, but but uh, by all accounts, integrity and kindness from behind the scenes too. That's, yeah. that's just a lot. James, number three. Number three. Number three. I finally did my taxes. I had gotten a six month extension, and of course, I waited until three days before they were due to do them, and I got a, a, a refund. And I was very happy with it. And so I bought myself a little dress. And I'm so happy. I was, I, it's called, it's an apron dress by Dope Tavio. That's the line. Um, uh, Dope Tavio is a designer. Um, Octavio Aguilar, I think, is his name. And I started following him because I saw Suzanne Barsh wore Dope Tavio a lot. And I saw that Ryan Burke, who is a makeup artist and a club kid in New York that I really respect, and he wears a lot of Dope Tavio. And I found Dope Tavio on Pat Fields' website. He sells through Pat Fields. And I got this apron dress. And it's, what, it, what it is, is it's like a ball gown. It's a pink taffeta, or it's a, it's a polka dot taffeta ball gown. And it's the front of it is it's just the front and you tie it on like an apron. So you wear like uh, you just wear like a track, you know, you wear sweatpants and a T-shirt. And then so the fr- people in the front look at you and they see a ball gown. But if they look at you from the back, you're just in a T-shirt and sweatpants. And I think that is the future of fashion right there. A hundred percent. Yes. I don't know. Ha- all I have to do, I just crawl out of bed, tie on my apron dress, and I look fabulous. Will you wear it for our next episode, perhaps? Well, this is the thing. I've been buying a lot of Joe Tavio this past couple of years, the past two years. I have a whole closet full of fabulous Joe Tavio outfits, but nowhere to wear them. I haven't had, I haven't gone to a party in two years. So I have all these fabulous outfits. But if you see me in, a, in an apron dress, that's what it is. And also, I just wanted to point out that Joe Tavio is um, on this season of Project Runway airing right now. He is one of the designers on it. So he's sort of blowing up a little bit. And I'd just like to. He's a contestant. He's a contestant. He's a contestant. Yes. And he's doing really well and he's really fabulous. And I noticed that a lot of people, uh, I just, I don't want to say the names, but there's some big designers out there who are copying him. I saw in this, in this year's, uh, uh, runway looks. They're they're all doing sort of dope tower. He does these big puffy bomber jackets that are like you know like remember the Andre Leontali one that giant red uh, puffer jacket that looked like a circus yes, tent. Yes, 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 yes. 
he does things like that that are just huge, huge, huge puppy things and ruffles, 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 ruffles. <laughs> I'm hearing two things. One, this show isn't big enough for James to spoil wearing a new outfit. He's not going to wear for us. And two, uh, maybe next week I'm just going to wear one of those um, T-shirts that have a bikini body on it. Yeah, there you, just wear you go. Yes. And that'll be my fashion statement because James... But, you know, it sort of reminds me of... It reminds me of there's a Jetsons episode. Do you remember when Jane Jetson wakes up in the morning and she looks terrible and she puts the digital avatar of herself up where she looks fabulous and then it glitches out and you can see her like with her rollers in her hair. <laughs> and it's I the think that, that the idea of just like putting on something in front of your you know look is the way to go in the future. I love that. Very practical. Number two. Number two. Have you ever been to the pumpkin patch? Well, I mean, there's tons of pumpkin patches in L.A., but but there is one as you drive from L.A. to Palm Springs and you're like about an hour and a half out of town, Redlands, off the 10, there used to be a little field where you could go pick your own pumpkins. And that's how it began. And we would go from time to time with Nolan when he was tiny and go buy a pumpkin. Well, the other week, like literally a week ago we went, Oh my God, the whole place has completely transformed. It's now, it's called the Live Oaks Pumpkin Patch. And you park, and then you have to walk miles, and then you have to pay $20 per person to get in. And you think, oh, well, you get in, and then everything inside is free. Oh no, 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 no. You have to buy tickets to go on the rides. Like there's a bouncy house, there's a little choo choo train, there's a big slide. And then you have to buy tickets for that. So you're paying $20 to get in. I guess you're paying $20 for the parking. Then you're buying the rides. And then, of course, you know, if you want a drink, it's like $20 for a thing of lemonade. Oh, my God. But I was sort of in awe because if this place was just like making money hand over fist. And it's you just, were just thinking, how can we put a pumpkin patch into the World of Wonder Theater on Hollywood Boulevard? I was. <laughs> you know, I was. I was thinking, like, how? it's a brilliant model. I mean, if the place was mobbed. Yes, there please. Is. There is a uh, pumpkin patch in the old Jack in the Box at Hollywood and uh, Coanga. One, right. two, I think um, this is happening a lot more in like suburbia, where like you'll have like a corn maze is a big attraction. corn maze is a thing. Yes, sure. like I think that's kind of how it started. Was you go to the pumpkin patch and there's like a corn maze, and then they started adding all this stuff. Right, I'm thinking make a porn maze or something. We used to do a haunted house thing in junior high, like there'd be a junior high fair, and we would just basically get refrigerator boxes and make people get like knee burn going down, and then we throw spaghetti on them and make them put their hand and peel they, and the grapes, the those the eyeballs. Yes, the, the spaghetti is the, the spaghetti is the guts. Yes. Have you have you both been to Universal City Horror Nights? Is it called Horror Nights? Uh, not not many. I went I went two years ago. I remember, and we used to go. Remember, we used to the Wow used to go all the time. Mm. I said the one and only time I went was with you and Billy, and I think James yeah. was there. Darren, and we all went around. Terrifying. It's just terrifying with all those people with chainsaws rushing at you. Oh yes, it feels kind of like rush hour in L.A. these days. So it's not. <laughs> They must have pretty great insurance because, you know, what if someone has a heart attack while you're like being pursued by a chainsaw? No, I, I just I don't I don't like they aren't allowed to touch you. And people do. They do uh, uh, 
have yeah, problems with probably it. Like a disclaimer that's like if you have a heart attack here if you're lucky enough to witness someone having a heart attack you have to pay 50 dollars more each i think that's how it works <laughs> well the genius just going back to the pumpkin po- patch at live oaks is that after halloween it turns into a christmas tree thing and uh, they start the whole thing all over again and then it's valentine's day and then it's arbor day and then it's, it's easter and then when it's is arbor, arbor day lot. what is arbor day we celebrate trees do we oh, that's a good there you go there's an opportunity trees <laughs> and gourd day gourd day oh, put all your money in Fenton's tree patch there must be a gourd day I have to look this up <laughs> national gourd day well all I right. mean pumpkin is a gourd yeah it's true I suppose Very there's true. a national yeah, gourd yeah. society you know what we have to go see is the Van Gogh experience that's it's happening it's funny you should mention that I'm going tomorrow know. And I just got tickets in early December for the Motion Picture Museum. Oh, I'm so excited to do that. I'm so very, very excited to do that. Yes. I opted not to spend the extra $15 per person to receive an Oscar. Oh. Well, you already have your own Emmy, so. I didn't want to bring it up, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, for all the porn. (laughs) But but next week we will be talking about, um, I will be going to the Van Gogh exhibit tomorrow. So we'll talk about that next week. Just breaking news. I have to tell you that National Gourd Day is actually on the 26th of October, although it's generally known as National Pumpkin Day. Well, um, wait a minute. So today, we missed, oh, it. we missed it. We missed it. It was two days ago, James. Oh, my goodness. Great. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. Let's hope we can think what it is in the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake, and we've reached number one. What is the number one thing this week that made us go wow? Number one. For me, the number one thing is what a bad liar James St. James is. So whatever you think of James, however, you know, uh, 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 acerbic, however biting, however critical he can be, mercurial, some say, he cannot tell a lie. And let me explain why. Sometimes we take the show a little ahead of Friday. And we always pretend it's Friday or we're talking. James never gets that. <laughs> never, ever gets that. We're talking, it's oh. October 26th today, Tuesday, when we're preaching this. Yes, oh. we're taping this. I'm sorry, we're all very busy. And and James says, oh, it's October 26th, that's today. No, James, it's Friday. It's I'm Friday, sorry. James, for it God's is. sake. I'm just for worst. now. Party kid, club kid, party monster, you know, uh, put up, put glitter on your hump, make the world anything you want it to be. It's Friday. Yeah, it's, it speaks to my mental decline. I'm very sorry that I just no, can't. I, think it speaks to I don't know why. Hey, wait, why are you picking on me when Fenton has not once in 277 episodes managed to get the order of the numbers right? Why, is it, why am I being singled out here? Fenton signs my page. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. And there it is. Damn you, money. Oh my God. No, I, I think it's actually, it, it speaks to your character that you, you do not bullshit. You do not, I mean, <laughs> you don't bullshit. You don't lie. You don't cover up. You say what's exactly on your mind. And as much as I believe in my heart that it's Friday right now, 
Tuesday, James. It is Tuesday. <laughs> it is National Gourd Day. <laughs> you know, James, you always you said one of the things you've said that has most stuck with me is that you said that uh, I forget what it was. The algorithm has killed the space time continuum. And yet, in spite of that, you are very literal about what day it is. What time is it? <laughs> so your space time continuum is as robust as ever. <laughs> anyway. Wow. I yeah. think James should be the number one thing that makes us go wow. You are every, <laughs> every week, week, week. Every week. Every week. Sometimes the wow isn't that good. <laughs> Sometimes it's like wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, happy National Gourd Day, everyone, and happy Halloween. And um same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow. wow.